Buckle up, listeners. I love that, Carl. That's really clever. Is that because there was um, a seatbelt sign noise? Yeah. Well, welcome to... Well, that fucked me up. <laughs> <laughs> a podcast with Luke Coulson. And Kyle Wise. And a seatbelt sound. Uh, every week we'll be talking to real guests about their amazing, often traumatic, life-changing experiences and events that have happened to them. Focusing on stories of survival, hope, and overall triumph. Yeah, so really focusing on the good stuff that has come out of some pretty extraordinary things that have happened to people. Yeah. I love that. Me too. Yeah. Uh, we actually have our first sponsor too, which is jolly exciting. And we're now sponsoring... I feel yeah. like now's a great time to use the seatbelt <laughs> sign. And the original Handlebar Jack, which you can find at www.handlebarjack.com. Do you know what that is, Kyle? I don't. Right. So you know when you need to mend your bike, your bicycle, and you turn it upside down because your chain's fallen off, or maybe there you've got a flat tire? Yeah, I was thinking, man, it always messes up with my gears. Yeah, it messes up with your gears. So now there's a little stand, which is perfectly portable and comes in a really nice package. And these two little clips, and they clip onto your handlebars. They're completely universal. And then it turns into a little stand. So when you turn your bike upside down, it literally allows your bike to balance. It's like one of the most cleverest things. And I just want to add that we're not a bicycle podcast. However, we are all about surviving traumatic and life-changing experiences. Have you ever had a flat tire on like a grimy, dusty road? Yeah, it's the worst. The worst. So now our tenuous sponsorship link is complete. If you do go online at www.handlebarjack.com and you type in the code WTFMU, which is actually the acronym for our podcast, which we had to write down because it really confused <laughs> the fuck out of us, <laughs> then some of the proceeds will be going to foodonfoot.org. That's foodonfoot.org. And those guys are helping out the unhoused and the low-income neighbors in your neighborhood. So our friends at Handlebar Jack will actually donate um, some of the proceeds to that amazing organization. So, I mean, it's a win-win, people. Incredible. Um, so my name's Luke Colson. Uh, normally, I would be joined with my trusty wingman, Kyle Wise, who's always on the road. Um, this is another episode of, well, that fucked me up, which is all about surviving life-changing events and experiences. We've heard all sorts of stories from people that have survived horrific accidents, people that have escaped abuse, people that have been hit with mental illness. And I'm, in, I'm excited to introduce you guys, but I'm going to let you introduce yourselves. I'm Natasha Koo. Um, I work along with my husband, I mean, both in life and um, in our work together. And so I'm the wife Portion. I'm the more organized one. <laughs> That's right. And I'm Jachim Yeria. I'm the more chaotic one. That's brilliant. <laughs> That's quite good. You guys go together quite well then. That's a good pairing. It is. It, 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 it is once you figure out how to do it. Like well, at the beginning, it can be a bit chaotic and you're like, uh, why is she doing this? And why is he doing that? But once you realize that you're actually complementary in terms of your strength and you start respecting each other, then it's actually really good. Well, and I think that's a lot of what you guys are here to talk about, right? It's all about this kind of relationship building. But what I like, love to do at this stage is go way back. Can you guys start wherever you want to start and um, begin where you feel is relevant to begin? Mm. Right. Okay. So, so let me take you back to when I was six years old. <laughs> I love it. 
Great, great place to start. When I was when I was six years old, um, my father committed suicide, and <laughs> as, as you would say, well, that fucked me up. <laughs> Did you hear my sigh? When we do these interviews, I'm like, I hold my breath. I'm like, oh, okay, it's that. Okay, okay. Now it's out. Okay. Yeah. So so um, for me, that was that was that was a, 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 a I guess a life changing experience. Uh, it was a shocking experience. I didn't understand it. And I remember the moment when I stood in front of the coffin. I came back from my friend's place, uh, you know, and I wasn't informed anything. So I would come home and I would, there would be a father in, in the living room <sighs> with candles on. And in that moment, something froze in me. Like it was, it was quite difficult uh, oh. to process. And I didn't really get much help along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my mom has like four kids. <laughs> I'm the youngest one. And mm-hmm. then suddenly she has to earn a whole income and mm-hmm. take care of everything and all that. So that's, you know, quite difficult. And so it took me almost 20 years <laughs> to finally integrate that experience. And that it did have a, a large effect on my life, like in my teenage years, fairly early on, uh, like 11, 12 years old, I started to ask, what's the meaning of life? Mm. And I was very displeased with the answers the adults <laughs> would give me. Yeah, that's <laughs> interesting. I'm like, why am I here? Like, this society is, you know, fucked up. Like, yeah. and I'm just being integrated in it and no one knows why they're doing it. And they're just living for the weekend and the vacation. It sucks. So I would wow. get depressed and yeah. I would escape eventually to a martial, to martial arts. Martial arts was my savior, mm. I guess, because it, it, it stopped my neurotic brain. Uh, because in the moment of martial arts, you have to be present in the now. Otherwise, yeah. you get hit in the head. That's amazing. <laughs> well, you know, and often we hear too many times, uh, myself included, you can easily take the life of anger, violence, um, drink, drugs, you know, all sorts of things. So maybe that in itself was a savior for you, for you in a big way, right? <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. And so I went to California for two and a half years, studied there, martial arts full time. Mm. And when I came back, that's, I mean, already that was part of my healing journey, but the healing journey really started when I became a hypnotist. And I, I, I realized, okay, I got to clean up my own stuff in order to be really effective with people. Yeah. Uh, and now why, why am I bringing this up now today uh, is because, well, that affected our relationship. So, you know, for me, love was dangerous. Wow. Subconsciously, I thought if I let someone too close, I'm going to get hurt again, just the same way. Wow. In, in, in a fear of that person leaving you or that person being taken from you? Uh, leaving me or just the capacity for them to hurt me oh. in, in the way that my, my dad has. And Whoa. so that was something that impacted our relationship because then I wanted her at a distance, but of course not too far, but also not too close. Yeah. Um, and it would be destructive. And, and at some level, I wouldn't get what I actually wanted. Yes. The love. So I would be reliving already at some level yeah. the very thing I'm afraid of yeah. reliving. Oh my God, that's amazing. Uh, and I completely relate of that whole pushing, being totally terrified of being letting anyone in. And we've heard that mm-hmm. along the way as well in a, in a few of the stories that we've heard so far. Letting people close, being terrified of love. And that's kind of an emotive thing as well, just being scared to let go, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You hold it in and it, it doesn't feel really nice. And, and so for me, I mean, I did have a, a shift, a very clear shift in my experience. I remember I was somewhere in nowhere in England uh, with a lady who has 10 dogs. 
uh, and I was doing a retreat with her. <laughs> I love it. And back then, just to be clear, like I did not want to talk about my father. I was like, yeah, he made this choice. It doesn't define me because mm. I always thought people were like reducing me to this. But mm. part of that, not want to talk about it, was just afraid of being afraid of the pain. Of course. And so it was the second time I was with her, and I was on the massage table with her and well not with her she was massaging house on the massage table <laughs> otherwise the massage table is too small <laughs> <laughs> got it <laughs> and she looked at me uh with tears in her eyes and she said those are your tears and i don't know what happened but in that moment i just like cracked open yeah and i was just crying and crying and crying and that was froze all those years back Uh, when I was standing in front of Colin, just came out, and it was just, I just like, I, I just felt all the pain. I was like, I just didn't want him to leave. Oh. I would have taken his pain or whatever, but just don't leave me. And that was the six-year-old that that finally was able to to express himself. Oh my gosh! And so that really was a transformative moment for well, our relationship and for my work that I'm doing now. Well, we can get into the the work that you're doing now in a second but um i've got i've got quite emotional when you were explaining all of that because the death of my friend quite quickly but then over the years came this barrier you know came this wall of i'm not going to go through that again i'm not going to feel that pain and i'm not going to feel that sense of loss ever again because that was that was horrendous and i'm still coming to terms with all that stuff you know my father died three years ago and I haven't gone there I haven't it was mm -hmm. you know it was an, of natural circumstances but I and I have no resentments or anything I have nothing that I need to clear away but I'm scared of grief terrified of grief not that this by the way I'm talking to you like you're my therapist now but sometimes that happens not that this is about me but I really relate to what you're saying and it's incredible to just to get that out and get that emotion running again. Yeah, I mean, otherwise it's stuck in your body. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's what I noticed, that it just froze and it impacted me. It impacted my ability to love. It imp impacted my ability in my work. Mm. Um, and it was, it turned actually to, to one of the greatest gifts. Strangely enough, you know, it was a curse for me and then it became a, a tremendous gift because I understood what it means to cut myself off from my emotions. Wow. I understood what it means to go through darkness. Wow. Uh, you know, so there was so there were so many layers in this um, that really uh, helped me then to actually do the transformative work I do with clients nowadays because I've lived through it and I ex have experienced it and I can see now the the emotions as you know like a rainbow so yeah. there's from the the darkest colors to the lightest colors they're they're all all there and that that's the, the human experience the, the range of emotions we can feel for me like the moment where where the release happened it was also an understanding that happened but but it wasn't that i was analyzing it it wasn't that i was thinking about it it was like more my heart came to a place of peace mm. That's that's what it felt like. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you actually go from turmoil and difficulty and suppressing and, and it, it's actually a lot of work, man. Like if yeah. you suppress, it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of energy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Big time. And so all that is gone now. Yeah. And you can breathe and you're free. And it's like, oh, man, this is amazing. This is great. And so 
the the way it played into the work that that I'm, I'm doing is, is more that it became a way of being you know mm. i'm not afraid to go into those dark places with, mm. with the people i'm not afraid of touching whatever is necessary so that they can liberate themselves mm. and they can live more a life in alignment with themselves with their heart and what they desire right um but it changed the relationship with my wife as well because now we're working together mm. yeah and so i came home and I, and I told her I'm, I'm so sorry like I kept you always at a distance and wow. I don't want to do this anymore like I want you close all the way wow it was a bit alarming actually because well. you know I always expect some kind of change when he gets back from a retreat like this yeah but like he came back and he's like I'm ready to love you I'm like what's what's wrong with you like, what does that mean he's like I'm here now like I'm ready to love you. And I'm wow. like, and I, I didn't get it, right. you know, because sometimes when you're outside, you, you, you don't understand how deeply someone can truly love if you're used to... His version of what um, that love yeah, was, I guess, yeah. Exactly. And you, you believe it is, it's enough or that nothing is wrong yeah. or that, you know, so so I was like, well, what what is this? So I had to actually learn, learn, okay, what is this? new place that you can reach within yourself yeah and what does it mean for us yeah and so how did that go like what did what did well firstly let me ask you was would would you call this like a and this isn't a loaded question would you call this like a spiritual experience or a spiritual awakening or for you it wasn't anything like that it was more just a release like an emotional release is that a bit deep or weird no no it's not it's not weird at all. Um, I wouldn't call it a spiritual awakening. And, and the reason why I'm saying that is because I'm deeply into spirituality. And for me, spiritual awakening has a very specific okay. uh, meaning Great. for it. So for me, it would be, uh, the question would be like, what is not a spiritual experience? Sure. Like, uh, you know, like what, what exactly is, 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 is the difference? Like they, they value in all kinds of experiences and, uh, but it was, it wouldn't be the breakthrough that you would look at when you would talk about Byron Katie or Eckhart Tolle or some of the other people who had like a sudden awakening and yes. it was a permanent shift in the way to perceive themselves. Yes, there was a permanent shift, but it didn't have the same quality. Right. That what those people have gone through. Interesting. But and it still so, was profound for me. It, for it sure. Profa- absolutely. And I'm, I'm glad I asked that question and that's a really great answer. And so um, back to what happened from that moment in terms of your guys' relationship and now the work that you guys are doing to help people within their relationships, which I think is incredibly interesting. I don't think this is going to be the answer you were expecting. I'm guessing that you're expecting that since he had a breakthrough, now that he's unlocked his heart, that like I'm, I'm, I don't know, so, so happy as a wife or so fulfilled and I'm finally get the husband that I want or something like that, right? But, yes, but, I suppose, yes. Yeah, but actually that's not the case because <laughs> that event really changed Yahim's life, both in what he experienced as a child and then that healing process. And then I think for me, I was stuck, not because one thing fucked me up, it was like I was this very good spider that intricately spun this web mm. that like that fucked me up that and that and that and that like I'm just like spinning multiple like little that. traps That's for myself to constantly um, 
mess me up. Yeah. And and I think I, I really do want to bring this up, even though it's not as like, whoa, like, like, like one event, one trauma or whatever. But it's like, if little things, if you set up your life or how you live in this way, you keep tripping yourself up. Mm-hmm. And it's constant and it's subtle to the point that you don't realize something has messed messed up, you know? Totally. And I think that's tricky. That's yeah. super tricky. It's almost like you're being shunted off course tiny bit by tiny bit by tiny bit by yeah. tiny bit and you don't realize because everything feels like you're on the same track but really you just headed off in a totally different direction, you know, yeah. one thing after another. Yeah, and so I think for me, because when we went into this relationship, so like like web number one was like, okay, what does it mean to be a wife? I don't know. I guess it means to uh, to be happy together. So what does that mean? Well, that means as a wife, I better make my husband happy mm. or else why would he stay with me? Mm. So then I took on this responsibility of, well, got to make him happy. I guess it's my, my job, mm. my role. Mm. And, and that's, in, that, that's impossible. Mm-hmm. But it made sense at the time. Sure. So then it's like, that's that subtle little thing that yeah. I set myself up for failure. Yeah. And then, and then there's more. For example, I couldn't handle if he had a bad day. Mm. I would do crazy stuff to try to cheer him up. And if that didn't work, I played the bad cop and be like, get over yourself. Like, come on. And that didn't work. And so over time, I start to do more and, and, and try more and take on all this behavior and just acting strange in our relationship in order to try to make him happy, try to make it work Wow! and put in so much effort and put in so much pressure on your, on yourself. Yeah. And I think that a lot of us actually take it quite personally. If something does go well, or something doesn't go well in our life. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was like, this is my job. Like this is, I'm a wife that I got to get this right. And a part of it also was that I I wasn't really willing to acknowledge my personal experience. So if something bothered me, if there were certain like alarm bells ringing, like that didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, that actually kind of hurt. Mm. I would just shove it down. Mm. I think, ah, it's my problem. Who am I to bring it up in this oh, relationship? Wow. Or I'd go... Oh, well, who am I to make him to change? Like, who am I to bring it up as a problem? And so then, you know, I I press it down and I press it down. And over time, all of this pretty much pushes me into a position where I keep saying yes to things Mm. that I didn't actually agree to. Yeah. So it's not like there was cheating or like, wow, distrust within our relationship. But I consensually said yes to so many things that I didn't actually agree with and didn't feel right with me. So you were unhappy. Yeah. So by the time I actually realized what I've done and what I've set up for myself, I've gone so far that I was so afraid to reel it back in. Wow. Because I said yes to him to so many times and there's freedom and oh yeah like so who am i to say suddenly oh never mind i take it all back you know actually it was never right for me who am i to suddenly put that on him so that made it even stronger like i I can't get off this net like it's it's our relationship now it's fascinating so 
How did you guys overcome the, I mean, you've got two polar opposites, you know, yeah. there's a, there's a profound experience and then there's a lifelong kind of diving deeper into kind of hurt and pain and unhappiness. What, yeah. what, what gave? I think you can only pretend to be happy. You can only shut down your emotions for so long. Yeah. If that fear and, and I mean, that's very powerful. Fear is very powerful. It can isolate you very much and, and kind of keep you stuck. And it did keep me stuck. It, it isolated me from him for a long, long time. I didn't show up for myself. I didn't speak up. I, I wasn't even there in a relationship in a way. I could only take that for so long because there was this pain that either I was letting him hurt me or I was hurting my, putting myself in positions where I would get hurt. Yeah, I was still unwilling to speak up. I was still unwilling to face that fear, mm. the fear of losing him, really. But one day, like just that unhappiness built up to a level, that strain, that frustration. I, it's like yeah, he said, it's hard work. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard work. Yeah. Um, and so one day, we, we and we tried to work this out. We tried to talk about the problems, but we would stay at that level of just the, the conflict. Yeah, it was just us going against tackling the problem, but we never, we never would get anywhere. But one day, actually, I don't know, I couldn't, I didn't want to, but I couldn't hold it in anymore. Mm. I, I, I literally told him, I'm so unhappy. I'm so disappointed. I'm so hurt. I don't know where we're going. I, I don't see a future. Like what? I know there's some love. That's why we're still here. But what are we doing? Because all we do is hurt one another. It's it just so painful. And I really don't, I can't do this anymore. I, I can't do this anymore. So I, I said that and I'm like, oh no. There, there goes from that very happy, trying to keep it together wife yeah. to like, she's friggin' miserable. But I bet, I mean, in that moment, it must have felt extraordinary, whether it was a good feeling or a bad feeling. You were like, oh, I did it. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, it's out. Yeah, it's out. And so I was, I, I was like, oh no, now he's gonna run. Like I thought, <laughs> I thought, you know, I thought this is not what he signed up for. Yeah. Um, maybe he knew I was unhappy. You know, we we were arguing, but you know, who wants to deal with this now? Yeah, you know, I've served him a problem. <laughs> now right. he, yeah, now, yeah. I, I'm, I bet he doesn't want to deal with this. But I was so surprised by his reaction because we had this conversation again and again and again, the same, I'll talk about the issues, try to fix it. But then something, he looked different. He looked at me differently. Something in his eyes showed not like, okay, what's the problem? Let's fix this. It was like, whoa, I see you and you're hurt. There was empathy. There was understanding like, well, I get, like, I get you. I, yeah. I realize that wow. there's someone hurting here and there's someone asking for help. And there was such willingness for him to step in and to help. And so, like, seconds ago, I was, I thought there was no hope. Like, yeah. there's, there's no going forward. I mean, there was going forward, but just like this huge train wreck. So <laughs> I... I thought we were like, oh, there's no future. But yeah. that recognition from someone else to want to help and to see and to understand that 
how you feel, yeah. it changed everything. Because suddenly we were a team again. Suddenly yeah. we bonded together instead of me thinking he was just going to run for the hills. So yeah. I guess he, at that point, had grown up in a way that he was yeah. able to actually, or capable, had the capacity to actually work on this with me. He, yeah. he wasn't going to just run away. And so that, that, I guess, vulnerability or that moment where I actually was honest with myself, that, that was the changing point. Because I don't think we could have pivoted in any other way. And to be honest, we ha- like that little spider web I had spun for myself. It's like I wrapped him in it too. So at that point, our relationship was built on such destructive, toxic patterns of mm-hmm. being together that we didn't know how to unravel. Like we, we didn't know how to move forward. We just knew that we could maybe work on this again. Like yeah. we can do this, but we needed help. So we actually reached out for professional help for to, to, to for our relationship at that point because we couldn't do it ourselves. And that helped at that stage. I, I just when, as you're talking, it's like how many people I know and how many people we must all know and how many people who will be listening to this who are in a very similar predicament where we just find communicating in our primary primary relationships so hard. And it's mm-hmm. so impossible sometimes. And when you build a wall and you build a wall and you forget how to communicate with each other, it's so, so hard to break those walls down again. And what you described as empathy, I'm learning a lot about that these days. It's the hardest thing, especially, I'm going to say, not especially as a man, just referring to myself and pride and ego. You know, it's hard to not make things about me and sometimes it's hard to not make things about us and say well you you're not happy that's not my problem that's your problem you can you know and so the reaction is incredible that in that moment you guys were able to see eye to eye and start the process of rebuilding i I think one of the really key factors is is total vulnerability natasha didn't want to do it she didn't do it from a place of manipulation or wanting to get something out of it it's just she can't yeah and there's a, there's a large difference between that kind of communication that's just so open and honest mm. versus a communication uh, that's coming from a, a, a controlled place, which yeah. is what we had before. Yeah. And that didn't work, mm. you see. And I don't think Natasha was as fully honest with herself until she broke open and she just put it all on the table. And so wow. you can have communication, but if you're not honest with yourself, what kind of communication are you going to have? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that vulnerability now. We talk about it a lot in this podcast about just asking for help. It's fine. Put your hand up. Su- mm-hmm. Surround yourself with support. Surround yourself with people who want to help you and want to be helped. Mm-hmm. Build a community of people that understand that way of being. But it's also perfectly normal and complete human nature for everyone just to say that they're they're fine, you know, and mm-hmm. suffer in silence and just... I'm, I'm, I don't want to go through that pain. I'm just going to tell everybody I'm, a, I'm okay because I don't want to put, and I don't want to put that on anyone else as well. That's a big thing. That's a very British thing, actually. I don't want to bother anybody with the fact I want to kill myself. <laughs> you know. So talk to me about 
now. Talk to me about where you guys got to through professional help and what you guys are doing now. It was important that we knew how destructive we could be as people to to one another, to, to other human beings. I think that power in itself and that low point showed us the power we have to destroy (laughs) for destruction really because and then you hear this all the time like in relationships like oh it's a love-hate relationship and people kind of throw it around like 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 it's okay like it's normal like long-term couples have this you know bickering love-hate thing like but why like why is there hate like why does (laughs) why is there hate (laughs) in that relationship right Why, why can't it just be love and I think is that we realize, wow, we can interact in a way where we bring out the worst in each other yeah. to the point where we do not recognize who we are anymore. Mm. Like how I was being, what I was doing, it's pretty much, it, maybe if I was a kid, you'd, I'd say, oh, I'd never be that. I'd yeah. never do that. Yeah. Like, I saw my mom nag at my dad or saw her controlling him. And no, that's not me. I won't yeah. be that person. That's how far you can go in the destruction. And like Yahim said, it takes a lot of work and it's very painful. Every time you hurt someone else, no matter how subtle, it hurts. Mm. It's straining. It's not how we're meant to love. It's not how we're meant to do relationships. Mm. And so from that place, because it was so painful and we actively did that to the person we chose to love in this life, I mean, can you pick a better person to hurt, right? <laughs> yeah, just pick the one you want to love the most. <laughs> yeah. So, so we did that. And because we actually reached down and admitted to ourselves vulnerably how deeply that has impacted us, we didn't hide from the pain. We didn't hide from the reality of things. We had to face it. That made us realize that, okay, our tolerance level for this is is now zero. Not mm. that, you know, I would like if we mess up, we make mistakes, sure. or there's some passive aggression or bickering, like sure. I would blame him. It's not that. It's just that we do not want this in our lives anymore. Absolutely. It is something we no longer want to choose to do to one another, period. Because we've seen how destructive it is, how painful it is. And, and it's not something we want in our lives. So, and it is just really interesting because I think for a lot of relationships, like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll say this. So then he'll do that, which mm-hmm. is manipulation. Um, mm-hmm. Or, you know, you, you kind of, you know, say something in a very passive aggressive way and mm-hmm. it's kind of okay, mm-hmm. you get away with it. Or you kind of nag at, nag at your partner. Mm-hmm. Like all of these things, which are quite socially acceptable, we're like, no, it's, it erodes, it erodes in your trust and your love, but really it's a form of violence in a way. Yeah. It's just this socially acceptable yeah. hostility that you allow within your home, within behind closed doors, and you keep doing it to one another. Saying, oh, it's just a love-hate relationship. I can't stand him sometimes. No. Yeah, doesn't need to if, be that way, right? If it doesn't feel right, doesn't feel good, then it's, then that's... That's the truth. So I think what we do now is to actually help people realize that uh, healthy love, love that 
that you truly want to feel and have. And I mean, our, our, our brand, it's called your exceptional relationship for us. We're like, we have to call it that because people are settling for a relationship where hurt is normal. Mm. You know? Where if you, there's no understanding between you and me, well, be- I better scream louder so that I get my way. And that's how you resolve, you know, issues. And that's, that, that, that's, that's not peace. That's still not peaceful. I think what you said about settling for is, um, that's a really interesting thing because I think when you're with someone as well, you, things change, of course, you have to work, right? And again, I'm no relationship expert here, but you have to work hard, but people, A, don't know what they're meant to do. B, they don't know who they're meant to talk to, where to go, how to help. Don't believe that any help is going to help at all. But also what you guys are talking about is the fact that you need to, both of you need to be up for getting help or talking it through. And sometimes that's the hardest thing, right? Maybe one one person out of the two is, we need to get some help. And the, and the other person is, absolutely not. I don't want to do that. So, I mean, that's that's a big that's a big part of it, right? That is, and, and it's good that you bring this up because we actually work with one side. We usually work with the women at the moment. Got you. Um, and, and the reason why we can do that is because when one person changes the steps in the relationship, uh, it changes the relationship. Interesting. And so it, it's normal that one person isn't on board. But look, you're not, you, you're the drama in the relationship can only go because you do A, he does B, you do C, he does D. Okay, now he does A, you do Z. What is he going to do? He can't do B anymore. <laughs> yes. That's interesting, actually. And of course, it makes perfect sense because you're right. These are patterns. So A, B, C, D. But yeah. So if one of you changes the way that you're having these repeat but negative experiences, that's going to, that has to change both of you. Yeah. And, and I might sound like a hypocrite because I remember just now I talked about how he came home changed. And then I was like, huh? Like it didn't reach me. And now it did, that my experience did change. Because he loved me deeper. He showed up differently. He was more mm. vulnerable. He was ready to give. He was coming from a place of service. And let me tell you, Although I wasn't ready to receive that, I noticed something. Mm. There were moments, because there was so much hurt within me and resentment, grudges against this guy at that point. But when he like really like allowed himself to love me and I still had those mechanisms in place, my net was in place, um, it, it was actually quite painful for me to, 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 to see him blasting this love at me wow. because... What I saw was so, it was almost like a third person experience where I saw myself in this room and him and he, he was just ready to give, you know? And then I, I couldn't feel like I couldn't feel his love. And that was really jarring for me because it's like, this is what you want. This is the husband you want. Like he's changed. He's doing what he should be like what more do you want and i was just like stone cold like yeah i don't feel it like you're doing you're you're loving me but i don't feel it i i it it was so hard actually for me to realize that whoa there's something within me that's not letting this in 
And it no longer has anything to do with him. I can't blame this man right. anymore. Yes, of course. Something is going on within me. So I know that I, I, I said, you know, he came home and I was like a bit confused. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, what is this? But that was my experience. It changed my internal experience. Wow. Because I thought, whoa, I can't. It's not reaching me. This energy, this love. I can't let it in. And that was very scary because that was even more isolating. There was nothing he could do to help me. Wow. That's amazing. Well, and also that kind of comes into the whole, um, I love that we talked about just being destructive, but this is more like the sabotage thing as well. Like in relationships where one person understands how to feel and how to give love and the other person, it doesn't or isn't comfortable with it or wants to reject it because they don't understand that feeling. And then you end up, kind of sabotaging a whole relationship just because you don't understand the feelings that you're meant to be feeling. You know, it's hard. It's really hard, all this stuff. Yeah. Yep. But when you, here's, here's the good news. Okay. So when you actually <laughs> take care of it uh, and, and you start living in alignment towards love rather than fear, when you start to say no to destructive patterns, like blame, like passive aggressiveness, like bickering, nagging, all of those things, and you start to choose, okay, what is this relationship about? What do I want to nurture in the relationship? You will never want to ever go back into that place that you were in before. Mm. Because the experience is so different. It's uplifting. It's soul nourishing. It's deeply peaceful. Mm. It is something that is just amazing. Like there's, there's nothing really to describe it. And no honeymoon is <laughs> gets close to the richness and depth of love that you can feel when you have transform your relationship in this way. So it may look like it's hard, but actually it's harder to even stay in that, in that toxic thing and just keep doing that negative. I, I mean, I'm in, I'm sold. Yeah, I, I totally hear what you're saying. So we're, we're running out of time, but what, um, if our listeners want, were, I mean, it's very inspiring and very insightful stuff. And um, it, I, it, I resonate with everything you're saying. It sounds incredible. If our listeners want to find you, get in touch with you, understand a bit more about the process, take the plunge to, to kind of maybe try this stuff out. What, what do they, what do they do? Where do they find you? We'll have your link on our, on our podcast in the episode section. But yeah, do, give us a little plug. Now's the time. All right. We also have our own podcast, um, so you'll hear us speaking together, having conversations about relationships. Uh, you can find that at awakenedwife.com. And then another thing that I kind of want to throw out there is that we talked a l- quite a bit about communication. Mm. And I think when something does go wrong in your relationship, that's one of the first places where it, it, it would show up. And so if you kind of want to check in and see, okay, how is my communication? Is it toxic? Could it be healthier? Where are we at? Are there things that I don't realize that I'm saying or doing to my partner that's actually hurtful? Mm. And, and kind of like a little troubleshooting and, and then a little guidance of where you can go next. You can get a free quiz. Uh, so you can take some questions, cool. do a little questionnaire, figure out you know where you're at. And that you can get at yourexceptionalrelationship.com. And then forward slash understand. It's been brilliant. And I've just found myself with my mouth half open for the whole time. And I resonate with the experience you had with the emotions um, as a child, having everything locked in, being scared of love. And then just the awakenings, the epiphanies, the 
understanding of each other, the solving of emotional barriers and problems and working together and then doing what you guys are doing now to help other people. It's awesome. Thank you. It was awesome to be on the podcast. <laughs>